All right. And now, and now we're rolling. Now we're rolling. All right. Welcome back to the uh, Hunt Hikes. What are we doing here? The Hunt Hike Car. I got to get that out of my mouth. It's his first, first timer. Hike. I haven't hosted in a while. Yeah, that's because you're. That's because I'm not here. Yeah, you're that's not here. That's true. I'm. Uh, what was I doing last time? Uh, I think it was Cutco. Oh, you, yeah. I was getting my knives sharp. Yeah. If you, if you watch our last episode, yes. I gave a full report on that. You have Cutco knives? I don't. I They're nice. Some of those. They're not, lifetime warranty. Yeah. Some gal showed up to my house and just sharpened them. It was nice. Oh, you know what? Actually, I do have one. My neighbor gave me one. Yeah. They're forever. So if you own it and it goes dull, just call them up. They'll come sharpen it for Yeah. You. He free. told me the same thing. Yeah, He's like, it's amazing. you don't even need to buy it. He's That's right. Sweet. Whoever it goes to. All right. Uh, we are here with my buddy, Chris Watts from Western Heritage Hunt Club along with other projects. Uh, it's not your normal day job, but nope. you would like it to be, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so the irony is that today, a uh, Facebook memory popped up, mm -hmm. and it was our very first hunting trip that you ever took me on. Seven, this was like yep. my my inauguration into the hunting world. Yep. Uh, we were up in, uh, actually up by the where we normally bow hunt, yeah. uh, up in the, the Dunkley Flat Tops area. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the pictures of us sitting there looking for, I was looking at the captions. It said, uh, sitting in the blind, no elk, no. right? <laughs> I was like, Hey, here's, here's a lake. So, no elk here either. It's yeah. like everywhere. It was no elk. So yeah. I got indoctrinated into, you're just not going to roll up and find these things. That's right? the typical elk. Hunting, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> Especially standard flat tops hunting. Yeah. Which yeah, is, yeah. It's not like you, you're just you, out in the open. You and a couple around. hundred of your closest friends that are <laughs> up there all wearing orange. at the same time. Yep. Um, but that was like, like I can't thank you enough for getting me into that. Well, maybe I can. Maybe I should curse you for getting me into this because I spent <laughs> how many thousands of dollars on gear, and guns, and bows. No, no, no. <laughs> but it. yeah, I, I can't thank you enough for for taking the time out of you know your life to take me up there and experience that. We talked about this on the phone the other day mm -hmm. and just how you enjoy just being out with other hunters. And you were just out with your cousin on a on a uh, a big early rifle hunt, and you bagged a giant freaking elk and yep. you're heading out Thursday to, are you hunting with your, by yourself or no, are you my, going with somebody? My dad's driving in from Pennsylvania. So we'll, we're going out just for cows this time. Okay. So, and then, but this is for you, not this, for somebody This one's else. for me. Okay. Yeah. So, right. and I, I went on an early muzzleloader hunt earlier this year for a cow and just wasn't successful in typical, you know, <laughs> OTC unit in Colorado. <laughs> right. See right. a bunch of people. And, you and hundreds of your other friends. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Exactly. So tell me, so you're, we ran into you. I haven't seen you in forever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we are at the outdoorsman expo Yep. and we're just rolling around. And I think I had seen you post something on your social feeds that you were there. And I was like, well, shoot, let's go find Chris. Yeah. And we roll up there and you're sitting at this booth that says Western heritage hunt club. And I remember that you were part of another hunt club mm -hmm. and you kind of gave me the backstory about how it all came to fruition. So give me a little bit about kind of once we departed from, you know, that trip seven years ago yep. to um, where you are today. Yeah. So I'll start it with, you know, the, the one I love public land, but when it comes to waterfowl hunting, public land is almost impossible. It's terrible. I mean, uh, you know, when I was a younger man by myself hunting, I can disappear into pretty much nowhere and, and carry a bag of decoys and be fine. Right. But when you have a family, a wife, kids, you know, and that's what really pushed me over the top to join that original club. 
And it was, you know, we were out on uh, SWA and, you know, on the plat, Eastern Colorado. And so make a reservation. Uh, I had my reservation. <laughs> my, my fellow uh, hunting member did, did not. not right, right. <laughs> so, Word to the wise. Yes. Yeah, that's another so, story. Make sure you get that reservation. Yeah. It, well, and there are some We've, that need that. Yeah, we found out the hard way. <laughs> so, but this one, you know, this SWA did not require a reservation. So we get there and the kids in the car sleeping. I think he was 11 at that time. Right. You know, just wanted to go out and see what this duck hunting was all about. And we get set up and there's, you know, I build a blind and he gets done eating his milk and donuts that we bought on the way. And we're out there and five minutes before shooting light, here comes Mr. Trucks sliding into the parking spot because he's driving that fast. Right. You know, blows up the ducks that are now sitting in our spread. And I, I, and it ends up setting up 75 yards directly in front of us where either one of us shoots, we're, right, right. we're sending pellets. Towards, was he aware that you were there? Yeah. Oh. I, I did the typical, you know, flash him with a flashlight right, right. and they flashed me back and walked five yards from where we were sitting. You know, everything an ethical hunter would not do. Sure. Um, so I went home and I talked to my wife and I said, you know, if we're going to get the kids into this, which is a big thing that you kind of alluded to that I love already is getting new people into hunting, whether right. it be waterfowl, right. big game, small game or anything in between, you know, and, and you kind of asked me a while or a, when we talked about my son's cow hunt, mm -hmm. um, you know, how, do, how do you get your kid to do this? And, and that that's a tough one, you know, and and that that's where I went. Okay, as a as a man hunting on my own, I can do this. I can get away from these other guys that are doing this stuff. Right. But when I have my family with me, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. and, and you can't blow them up walking into a duck spot in negative twenty degree weather like you and I normally. Right? right, right. So that's you know. So I joined a club, and then from there we evolved into let's. Let's get some land. Let's lease some land. And and last year I took five people out with me and it's, you know, and, and got them their first goose. It was this kid. It was the highlight of his year. I mean, he shot that goose and he was just on cloud nine. And that feeling right there mm -hmm. is why we have this club and why I chose to step away from public land for certain things. Right. Sure. But I'll still hit that public land for the right hunt like I will sure. this weekend. <laughs> so where are your properties? I mean, obviously we're in Colorado yep. and so I'm assuming you have those, but you have some in other states as well. Yeah. So we have we cover two states right now. Um, we have property in Wiggins, Colorado. So we got a couple goose fields and a, a, a small water property out there. I saw the pits. You guys built pits out yep. there. Is that yep. right? Nice. So we have pits. Everything um, in Colorado has pits. Um, and that's another thing, you know, pits aren't easy to build and right. they're not cheap to build. No, it's easier to say, you know, a club that, that I've been in is, you know, it's go get your layout blind and lay in a field. Right. Well, you put a 12 year old in a field in a layout <laughs> blind at 20 degrees and tell right. me how long you're going to stay yeah. in that field. Yeah. You just set up decoys and Dad. tore them back down. That's exactly Dad. what it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, you know, so we, we go over that we have six man pits, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we like my buddy last year, his daughter's she's five now. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I just want to take her out. I don't want anybody with us. I said, that's cool. 
And, and we get requests like that all the time where dad just wants their kid out there. And we let them have that pit to themselves that right. day. And we have the ability to do that because we have enough land for that. So like, you know, if you so you're using a reservation system then as well. Absolutely. So we're making a tea, we're making a tea time for the pit. Tea time for the pit. Yeah. But once you're there, it's yours. I right. mean, it's, if you want it all day long, that's your property. So you pay your membership fees up front. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're covered with insurance if something would happen, you know, to the, to the farmer's property. Right. And you go out and you hunt and everything's there for you. you all you got to do is take your decoys out, set them up, mm -hmm. jump in the hole and leave when you're done. Nice. So the, uh, I was going somewhere now I, I'm totally blanking on it. So you, you've got these property. Are you looking to expand to other states or other properties? I mean, we've talked about waterfowl, but mm -hmm. are we getting into deer? Are we getting into elk? Are we getting into bear, moose? Like what, what are the next steps, I guess, for, for you guys? Yeah. I mean, the ultimate goal would be, you know, an, a full encompassing hunt club where you can come in and say, Hey, I want to hunt elk this year. And we have the correct property for you to get to. Um, we are looking at expanding, but a lot of that property requires not a couple acres, but thousands right. of acres. So right. there's a huge financial burden to that. So right now we're, we're strictly just waterfowl, ducks, geese, sand hills, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, and then I'll come back to the second part of the question you asked about yep. our other properties. Um, so right now we're, we're waterfowl only, but you know, our, our next step is probably going to be turkey and small game. Mm -hmm. And then from there start stepping into some big game properties, nice. especially on the Eastern plains. Cause we know how difficult those pronghorn properties are hard to come right. by and things so like that. So are you buying the property or you go on to like Mr. Farmer's door and go, Hey, my name's Chris and I'm with this hunt club and we want to rent your property for the season. The, the latter of the two. I mean, we, we don't, we can't afford to buy it. You know, obviously if I, I won the Powerball right, right. now, I had 620 million in my <laughs> yeah, pocket, it'd be sure. a different story, but uh, about uh, half yeah. after taxes, but yeah. Um, but no, we, we go up, we lease. So we ran into one farmer. We were actually on a private elk hunt and his, the guy, uh, his neighbor, who's a taxidermist was like, Hey, you need to talk to our buddy in Julesburg. Right. So we have that property under lease. So there's four fields there right on the Nebraska border, mm -hmm. right off the Platte river, super awesome waterfowl spot. Um, so yeah, and I've knocked on doors and we've had farmers answer us in their underwear and <laughs> Fortunately, no guns pulled That's on us good. yet. That's um, always but good. I have had that. I've had. I have heard of that happening. Right. To other, you know, other club owners right. that I'm in connection with. So when you're talking to these landowners, are you going, "Hey, we want to rent it out for the entire season"? Like, you know, we're going to take opener of ducks to the end of ducks. Or are you saying, "Hey, we want access to it"? You know three weeks out of the month or two weeks out of the yep. month or how, how does that typically work? So that's a great question. We actually lease year round. So like okay. our, our, um, the property I forgot to tell you about near Hawk Springs, Wyoming, 160 acre lake up there mm -hmm. with about 1500 acres of property. You can go out and camp on that in the summer with your, with your family, go fishing in the lake as part of being in as part. Yeah. So nice. it's not, you know, there's, there's camping opportunities, our Julesburg property. You can take a trailer out there, camp mm -hmm. with the family, walk across the road. Cause you camp in Nebraska, you walk across the road and you're in Colorado hunting. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a great, um, it's a great opportunity for families sure. in that way. Well, it makes it a lot easier too, if I don't have to 
get up at the butt crack of dawn to drive an hour and a half to get to my property. I can just camp out in the camper or yep. the tent or whatever it is, wake up when I need to wake up and walk out to the property. And and we've we've gone as far as set up our decoys the night before right. and literally wake up as the sun's coming up right. and walk across the field cook breakfast in the pit right we'll take you know a, a frying pan bacon eggs all, sure. and that's an enjoyable hunt why can't we do that <laughs> you have no idea how many times I've, I've shown him or talked to him about like how i grew up which is that right where you've got pits that are the size it's of this glamping room, hunting that, that are the size glunting. of this room that have you know like propane lined into them mm -hmm. and, and all these other things and like I've hunted where we had a full kitchen in there with running water, mm -hmm. fluorescent lights, uh, heated, you know, heated satellite with the football room. game on. <laughs> uh, I, I do well, Caldwell, my buddy Caldwell, uh, the pit that we used to hunt out of um, in Nebraska, uh, Vern, who used to own that that property, he used to line direct TV into his pit so he could watch Husker football games on Saturdays. There so you go. Oh, you I, right I've there. seen how the other half lives, and he always says, when, when are we going to do this? Yeah, because wherever hey, we go duck hunting, we're standing in reeds that are 10 feet tall. It's negative 10 out. I'm shivering my butt off. But you're, you're getting seasoned. I, so yeah, I, I understand. Appreciation for all this. <laughs> when do I get into the damn pit? That's well, I really nice. That. So, so Jordan, who's one of our future guests, um, was out getting pits ready. Uh, out right. in uh, in Western Nebraska on Sunday, so we're uh, we're 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 getting. Is that on the calendar yet? I haven't got a calendar we'll, invite. We'll for that. we'll get there, and yeah. then I mean, you know, we've got our current and uh, present company here that you know, sounds yeah, like he's got the capability to maybe. I know. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to this like hunting where I can just relax a little bit. Well, I think we need to make that happen. Yeah, this year, Jason. I think so. Like, yeah. what does your schedule look like? Uh, <laughs> Why don't we? we I'm pretty sure geese opens next week. Yeah, it, Monday. It does, it or does. Monday. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So we we could just carry this stuff. I would just do this in the pit. Let's let's just do that <laughs> now. Now we got a plan, right? Podcast. Yeah. From Who's the pit. bringing the bacon? That's all. I'm about. Like, <laughs> you are. All right, I'm in. Sign me up. <laughs> you have like a little camp chef that you keep out there. You, I or, just I normally take one. You with have a full me. kitchen set up in there, like. Uh, I do in my trailer okay. that I that I haul around. Right. So um, you know, I'm actually I want to buy one of those dual burner like yeah. ovens so I can do you know you like just bake that thing I'm in out there. there. Do the whole thing. It makes it <laughs> bake. Yeah, I'm gonna make some cookies here while we're waiting for the ducks <laughs> why, to come why in. Yeah, a little celebratory cookie or some muffins. <sighs> you betcha. I guess, I guess we don't have to worry about scent, right? They're not smelling it as they're coming it's in. It's a little different game. Hey, if they smell it by the time we shot, way too late. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, We've yeah. done that before. Oh yeah, we've yeah. waited till they've landed in the decoys oh, before. Yeah. We're like, oh look, there's a bird in there. Yeah, like, I I shot a speckled belly go goose out of my out of one of our fields that way last really? year. Really? Yeah. I mean, we're just sitting there, and it was so cold and miserable. I looked at my buddy. I said, "Dude, let's just close the lids. Let's keep them open a crack." And I looked up, and I just saw two speck bellies just hovering right over me. And I'm like, specs. He goes, what are those? I said, let's kill, them. let's kill them. And then I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I said, they're going to land. Cause it, I mean, it was one of the worst snow days we had in Colorado last year. Right. And they, I popped up and right behind me, they're landed. I shot it. My dog brings it to me. It was a banded speckle belly. Uh -oh, first, awesome. first spec and first, first band, band ever nice. in the yeah. same. Place. I think I saw you posted that on your, I did. Uh, on your Facebook page. Yeah, I think right. there's pictures on it. On That's Facebook. a pretty bird. Yeah. That's a really pretty bird. Yeah. yeah. Then those, they get into Colorado a little bit, but not, not right. as often as people would want them to be. Is oh, that, was that one in Colorado or is that one in Wyoming? That was Colorado. That was, Colorado. Yep, that was the Wiggins properties. So nice. yeah. out from where you're from California, they're 
specs are huge out there. Yeah. Well, they don't let you hunt anything out there. So <laughs> they got to come over here. Yeah, exactly. It's quite, quite a journey. Yeah. So talk a little bit. So your um, properties, you, you have, have a few of them, uh, three that you've mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, kind of setting the table for all that. Like, I know one of the big things that we see in talking about like public hunting, right? Which um, we kind of just, I perused yesterday because I'm like, when are we going out again? And he's like, I don't know, like, let's, let's check around. So of course, you know, I go into CPW and I look at like, you know, the online stuff mm -hmm. and look at check-ins and all this other stuff to see what's available, right? And I think one of the things that we, everyone runs into in hunting SWAs and things like that is just that they're just overhunted, right? Mm -hmm. And not only that, due to that fact, then you have guys that what I would call like to be cordial, unethically hunting, yep. uh, meaning that they're shooting at anything that's even remotely in range. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then you, you just run into issues where birds are just not going to decoy. Mm -hmm. Um, and not only that, like we've hunted numerous times in, on those properties where it's not even necessarily about getting them to decoy. They're going to fly by at like 800 feet high yep. and never even like you, you could be the best caller in the world. They're not stopping. They're yeah, not a, looking there's twice. There's a tornado of geese, like a mile away that you can see there's yep. hundreds of thousands of yeah. them and they just, yeah. And so, you know, that, that's, you. that's, it's an unfortunate situation where like, I think as hunters, we encourage people, we want them to get out. You want them to enjoy the experience. And then there's guys that, that obviously want more than that. Right. Yep. And, and people that ultimately want to fill, you know, bag, bag limits and, mm -hmm. and want opportunities and things like that, want to share it with like maybe their kids and, and those types of things. So when you look at your like club, for example, what, what are things that you guys do or, or are doing to try and like not eliminate, but limit some of those types of situations with reservation. And like, how do you guys mitigate like usage and frequency? And, and, you know, I know you mentioned like, um, you know, bringing your own decoys, which sounds mm -hmm. like that's, you know, if you're going to hunt, like, unfortunately decoys are not cheap. Right. Um, and so not that you have to have a hundred decoys, but you know, that that's part of the game. So talk a little bit about what you guys do or like maybe like policy that you guys have within the club or vision as, as far as that so that the experience is better yeah absolutely and, and that that right there is what we strive to to have an a plus score on in our club and and to me that starts with the amount of property that you have accessible and the number sure. of members that you have right there's how should I word this? I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Do it. <laughs> Do it. There are there are clubs in this country that their number one goal is members. He's talking about Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> and all they because I've looked at them. Yeah, and and they just want more and more members, and they're not aware of how many members are stepping foot onto those properties. Right. Okay. And, and you end up out there, like you were saying, Joel, and it ends up looking like a public hunt on your private property. Sure. And, right. and, and I've been part of that. And, and that's, that's where we strive to be. Number one is we want to pay a little bit more for the land, which is a risk, a huge risk for us to take as owners. For sure. Cause all of that has to come up front before we start taking members. Yeah, in. There's no guarantee on your end. Not at all. Right. I mean, and, and that, that's the scary part with all of this. So we took this, you know, this huge property on in Wyoming this year, last year we had 13 members and we had the seven properties in Colorado and it was great. We killed 
a lot of geese. There were guys killing snow geese, specks, ducks all year long and having a great time. But to answer your second part of that is how do we keep that? How do we make sure that things aren't over hunted? And that goes back to, do I have enough land for my members? Mm -hmm. So right now I have four and then seven. So I have seven pits at six people per pit. That's 42 spots to sit. Right. Mm -hmm. We're sitting at about 10 members and we're capping at 25 this year. So I have enough pits to hunt over 40 guys and we're capping our club at 20. Sure. So I could literally take the groups that we have and spread them out into their own pits with right. their own fit. And, 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 you know, we have a family membership that's, it's a little bit more expensive than an individual membership. And I've had a couple, you know, waterfowlers go, well, that's not right. And I said, well, it's my club. I can do it the way I want it. <laughs> I want the families out here. So if a family asks me, Hey, I want this, this pit mm -hmm. because I want to take my kid out and shoot geese. I may even go, Hey, you don't want that pit today. Right. You want right. this yeah. pit. Sure. And I've done that more than once with our members last year. You know, they put in a reservation because we're not doing an electronic reservation that sends it out at the end. I send it out. So before I send that out to member number two, right. And I'm going to call him and say, Hey, you know, this field was hunting pretty good about two days ago. Are you sure you don't want to slide over there? Right. And I did that with a guy last year. He, he went out on his own, did a solo goose hunt, killed his limit in 10 minutes and was back home. <laughs> and he's, he called me up. He goes, Chris, I just got to thank you. I'm like, what? He's like, that was a 10 minute goose hunt. He goes, that's something I've been striving to have my yeah. entire career. And he goes, I went, you know, if I would have went to the other field, it may have happened or it may not have. Sure. But with the information you gave me, because mm -hmm. you're not afraid to give information out. Right. I was, I was successful. So, and then the other side to that is we had a, we had a field last year. It was hot. I mean, it was like every time somebody went to that field, birds were falling. Right. And they crushed a ton of snows there mm -hmm. on like a Friday and then a Saturday. And somebody wanted to hunt it Sunday. And I was like, we're going to, we're going to rest that. Mm-hmm. Because that was a high producing field and our members knew it, but I didn't let it get over hunted right. simply because I didn't want the birds jumping into the next field that was a, a different club. Who right. are you relying on to get the information about your properties? Are you getting the information from the landowners? Or are you getting information from your members or D all of the above? D all the above. I mean, I spend a lot of time driving from, I mean, once big game ends in Colorado, mm -hmm. then I kind of free up and start waterfowling. And I will put in hundreds to thousands of miles in a weekend driving to check out the property, scout them, you know, see what the weather's doing, watch birds, how they're moving mm -hmm. and how that weather changes those birds. Cause that's, that to me is the hardest part about bird hunting is, right. you know, We'd all love to go out on that bluebird 70 degree day and smoke a limit, wouldn't we? Yeah. But it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So I'll do I'll do footwork for our members, mm -hmm. you know. And plus I'm hunting. Right. So when I'm hunting, I'm scouting for sure. members as well. Right. So it's and a then dual purpose. It is a dual purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit of selfishness. Okay, honey, I gotta go to work. I gotta go to work, quote That's unquote. It. Yeah, absolutely. Um then you know, I will ask the members for feedback. You mm -hmm. know, I'm not gonna go 
like if they're doing well, I'm not going to go blow it up. But again, you know, if 25 members total, mm -hmm. that's a six man pit. You can take a quarter of our membership and put it in one pit. Right. And that to me is what our members love because we don't want to go out and set up a thousand decoys by ourselves. Right. We right. set up a thousand decoys with six guys, kill our full limit of birds and then go. Home. Right. Right. So, so and, is that something that you guys, so when you're talking about, you know, you put six guys in a pit, Yep. if there were like six random dudes and like members one through six said, Hey, we all want to hunt this pit. Would you be like, all right, you and five others got it. So this week. how it works is the first person to get the, so it's first come first serve on the reservation system. Mm -hmm. You put in a Google doc, send it to me. And then at 7 PM that night, I go through them. So whoever's came in first has primary goal in that pit. Sure. So, so say Jason, you're, you're, you're the pit leader now. Mm -hmm. Now I'll call you and I'll say, Hey, um, Joel maybe wants to come hunt and do you guys want to hunt together? And right. you're like, okay, yeah, two guys sounds good. Yeah, screw that guy. <laughs> but then maybe there's another guy, you know, that you you've hunted with and you just don't like their hunting strategy. Right. I'll, I'll say, Hey, do you want to hunt with, you know, Mr. Smith? And mm -hmm. you're like, uh, I'm good. You know? Yeah. Well then I'll take and I'll move Mr. Smith to his second choice reservation. Gotcha. So when you put in your reservations, you give me your top three. Okay. So, and if I can give you, and last year we only had one membership or one reservation out of 50 reservations all last year, not get their top choice of property. So, I mean, people are hunting where they want to hunt 99% yeah. like of the time. Right. I mean, that's, sounds like a pretty damn good deal. Yeah. I mean, I'm ready. <laughs> um, so t the, what are you doing this weekend? Yeah, <laughs> hunting elk. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's right. That's you're right. coming to pack out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Call me. I'm good. <laughs> I, I got. Mean, a, I got a clean bag. Hey, we can, we can help him work. We'll go. You know. Yeah, do, I could go scout your properties for you if you want. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to go them. give you a report. Yeah, I mean that's moving in. So that's the ways are full. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about the other part of you know what inevitably becomes. I think part of this whole game is, so you have, you have your members, you have reservations, you bring your own decoys, so on and so forth. Does your club offer, or do you like personally um, do any guiding out of there? Currently? No. And, and the reason we don't is there are clubs that do guide over their properties. And I have heard nothing but complaints from their, from their members. You know, I went to get this membership or this property and I found out it was reserved by the guides of that club that day. So we're kind of staying away from that. Now, it, the guiding in Colorado is kind of a weird one because if I take you guys out and you buy me a water that morning and we use my decoys, that's technically payment to me and now I'm guiding you. Yeah. I'm not a guide, I'm an owner. Sure. So we're out hunting as friends, we're out. And, and whenever I take anybody out, I'm not getting any reimbursement towards me personally. Any reimbursement I get comes to the club. And that's their membership dues that are up front that pay for access to the property year round. And we'll get it. I'll, I'll touch on the on the cost of that, so too. Then let's just say Joel and I want to go hunt one of your properties. Yep. We're members. We don't got any decoys. Do you guys rent them out? Can we borrow them? Like, does the club own you know, is there a lockbox on site where that's got a bunch of decoys in it? Like, how does that, how does that work? And if that, it does work at all. And that's the iffy part because in Colorado, technically, if I loan you decoys, I have now been a guide for you. 
gotcha. So I am probably uh, in the next couple of months here, I am looking to get my guide license simply for a CYA. Right. So I take somebody out on their first goose hunt. I'm not looking to get a dime out of somebody killing their first goose other than their membership to pay for the leases. Sure. That, that, that money that people pay to guide, that's not what I'm looking so for. By virtue of them paying you to go onto that property, that doesn't make you a guide. Correct. Because but if you loan them an object to help them hunt, you're now guiding, guiding. them. Correct. So there's is, a there's a really fine gray say, that line sounds there. like a razor's edge there. Slippery yeah. slope there. So what if you left a box of decoys in the pit that is included as part of their membership? That could be something that that could be worked in if we would if we would do something like that up front and you know and leave like a dozen decoys in every pit. Right. Then, as your membership, you know, and, and I've even been told that providing blinds like pits. Is can even be a gray line because you're providing a hunting location. Right. So we 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 say we are providing access to that hunting. So you got to use the right verbiage. Correct. Correct. So it sounds like we need to get CPW stuff. on the horn and it figure sound, out what all this is about. Yeah, because it, like, it sounds like somebody abused this years ago, and this is why we have a rule now. Yeah, I've been guiding for years. It sounds <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's why I want to just grab that guide license because you know I've been told if if you have the right CPW officer, right, that's not having the greatest of days, you may get dinged on it. Mm -hmm. Others yeah. may go, "Hey, great job! You took a youth out and killed their first goose today." Right. So it just, you know, and, and it's the same thing with, with any police. We know how it goes. It, sure. it, it just depends on the mood of yeah. that day and what line are you on. Where? Right. And, and I just want to make sure that I, we're on the right side of the line at sure. all times. Sure. So is it just, so how many people are, are, are the owners? Is it just you or do you have business partners? So I have, we have, it's a family that I, I got in with. They're actually, um, there's three of them. Um, there are two vets, um, mm -hmm. him and his wife are veterans mm -hmm. of the air force okay. and they live in Alaska right now. So they just bought a lodge in Alaska and then there's so that's where the next hunting property is going to be in Alaska. Uh, we're working on it. Bear and moose. Here we come. <laughs> um, so a, then a guy that can get you in the end zone. Yeah. So then, all right. So you're the, we'll call it the property manager yep. for these six properties, yep. right? So it's just you. Yep. So you, you're the only one who technically needs to get this guiding license. Correct. Right? Correct. So nobody else needs to, to jump in on the, yep. the guiding. World yeah. Lesson. They're all basically, you know, financial backing, things like right. that. Okay. Help me out when, you know, when they get back from Alaska, they'll be helping me out digging pits and things right. like that. But for the most part, it's me that, you know, um, vice president of operations, I run everything on the hunting side. So a member has an issue in the field at six 30 in the morning. Guess They're who gets the phone you. call? I'm getting the phone call. You know, yeah. if, and, and I've had it and it, it's, it can be really obnoxious. You're right. sitting out there hunting on your own and dealing with a, you know, a situation <laughs> on a property for an hour and, you right. know, the guys are shooting geese next to you and you're on the phone. But right. It's a part of, you know, a part of so it. So does that mean your phone's on the hook when, uh, when you're going out this weekend? Uh, actually I'll, uh, I'll put the other, I'll, I'll let the other owner know and then okay. he'll take care of any situations that we have. Go to the point. call center. Yep. Deal with the yep. call center. Send it to the call center. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. That's well, so. it, it sounds like it's a very well thought out, right? Obviously, you've learned from 
what you've perceived as mistakes in these other clubs yep. that you've been a part and, of and good things. Right. I right. mean, there's, there's a lot of quality stuff out there and you know, whenever any business, I think you got to look at the goods and the bads of other businesses right. doing the same thing. Yeah. So, so what's your primary way of letting people know outside of doing little podcasts like this and, and Facebook or whatever and go with sportsman show, yep. how are you getting, I mean, I guess, do you really want to get, the Western Heritage Hunt Club name out there where you've got like a waiting list of people who want to join. I mean, how are you, how are you trying to drive membership? You know, that's the, that's the hard part right now. And, and, and started at the show at the, the at Sportsman's Expo. Um, I was actually on the KLZ radio with Scott Watley and the out, uh, Colorado Outdoorsman show. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of local stuff cause, and, and then I do the Instagrams. Like you can find us at, um, it's at whhuntclub.com on Instagram. Um, we're also oh, on Facebook. Under, we're all, all going to follow. You, got, you just got two new followers. Sweet. We're not on Twitter. Um, eventually, probably get there, but we're on Instagram. Instagram is better for videos and pictures yeah. anyway. So Twitter's can, where people sling mud and the, wor <laughs> the worst of humanity comes out. Um, yeah. And, and we do a lot of communications through Facebooks. Um, we're going to start doing, you know, building mailers and emails. We want to, we want it to be personal information and not just, you know, this general stuff coming out to everybody. Right. Um, so we're, we're trying to personalize it and keep it really directed, um, you know, towards, towards our, our ultimate goal. And we've done some Facebook, you know, like sponsorships and stuff like right. that. And some of the local newspapers, like, uh, we've hit the fence post and a couple of the Wyoming newspapers to get out up there. Right. Um, but that property up there is going to be, it's going to be vacant because we only have one member in Wyoming right now. And he's going to be sitting up there hunting all 15 by himself. acres, 1500 acres all by himself. Uh, how far is it from here? That's uh, like two hours from Denver, just South of Torrington. It's not. Yeah. We could do that. Yeah, so what are you doing this weekend? Not, absolutely nothing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll go uh, check it out for you. Yeah, Make sure it's still there. So, and you know, the, the, the membership fee is kind of the hard part. Like, and people say, well, you're on the high end. We are, but we, we, we have really good property, really good property. Oh, well, I mean, if you think about it, cause I mean, I, I've looked at your prices online and if you think about the amount of opportunity yeah. that you get, like, even if like, if we were going to go play 18 holes of golf, right? Like the three of us, mm -hmm. right? How much would we pay at a, at a good, you know, good public course around here, right? Maybe 80 bucks, yeah. you know, and let's say Probably we play. Yeah. So let's say you play, I don't know, seven, eight, 10 rounds a year, right? You're not that far off of where it would be to go hunt and do exactly the same yep. thing, but you can do it with your buddy or with your family. Right. And not only that, but you actually get to keep what you shoot. Yeah. Right. It's not like I go to the golf course and I lose golf balls. Right. I'm right. actually going to be gaining me gaining, in my freezer. Yeah. So it ends up being it, it's a it's a pretty good value, all things considered. Yep. And I love goose meat for making sausage. I mean, yeah. I I hate taking a beautiful elk roast and grinding it into sausage. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, popping a goose into an Italian sausage yeah. doesn't affect me whatsoever. We're going to have to get that recipe. I was gonna say, I've, so, got, <laughs> I've got a couple of them I'm working on right now. Yeah, so goose I, pastrami was recommended to us as a yeah. uh, as a go-to. I've done corned beef too. I've done the corned pulled goose. goose. Yep. So it's like pulled pork. Yep. I've done it twice. The first time I did it, it was indistinguishable from pulled pork. Like yeah. I gave it to friends, family, everybody. They're like, "Oh, this is amazing." Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
that's goose. Yep. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, that's, I shot those geese like last week. <laughs> and then I did it again and it tasted like goose. Yep. Like I didn't, it didn't matter how much barbecue sauce yeah. I threw in that bastard. <laughs> it tough. still smelled like, or tasted like a goose. Yeah. Waterfowl is, I mean, I think you get away with it a little bit better with ducks because ducks aren't probably, they're, they're a little milder. Yeah. But the goose, because of the thickness of the meat, the redness of the meat yep. with all that, like the goose is a labor of love. Right, like I, I, I jerky a lot of them. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, which is, you know. And it's really good jerky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. But um, to get like where you're actually making something more than just like dried out meat, yeah. right? Like it's tough. Like, yeah. and, and that's why I think a lot of people, uh, my dad always tells a joke. He's like, hey, you know, you know how you cook a good goose? And he's like, you know, you get your potatoes and your cream of mushroom and, you know, and your spices. And then you put the goose in there. And then when it's done, you just throw the goose away and then eat everything eat, else, yeah. you know, yeah. like. And, uh, and I'm always like, well, you just, you haven't been taught or given actually well-prepared and well-cooked yeah. meat. Maybe we yeah. have to have another wing of the Western Heritage Cook Club. The Cooking Club. <laughs> where we have recommended recipes right. from the owner. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one of my, it, it's a basic recipe. Salt, pepper, and about 15 to 20 minutes in a smoker after you stuff your goose sausage. And mm. I will tell you. Best sauce. Just straight goose, or do you cut it with something? I, I put a little bit of pork in it, okay. about 10% pork. All right. Yeah. Pork fat. Um, with casing? Yep. And then I'll, I'll stuff it into a casing with just salt, pepper, and maybe a dash of garlic, and then just hang it in the smoker for about 15 minutes till that skin gets taut. Kind of, yeah, tightens up a little bit. And a best, I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell that smoked sausage from something you get down at the meat market. I'm going to have to try that now because I, yep. I have a sausage maker. At home. Do you? A sausage maker. I'm have not a, aware of this. I have a, a brand. Wait, you got that for your birthday? No, Christmas I've had that. I've got, I got a brand new grinder. Yeah. Nice. I'll tell you the biggest problem with geese. And if any of your members have a trick for this, please find share. me and share. Yeah. Um, Comment section below. <laughs> getting the steel shot out. <laughs> Metal I, detector. I, and I've thought about it. Like I've thought about getting like a little, you know, one of the little pen yeah, metal detectors. Yeah, get the little wands. I, I mean. It, that was the best sausage ever until you <laughs> bit into a piece of, you know, number two oh. shot steel oh, yeah. and yeah. you're like losing teeth. Yeah, yeah I did that. I, so about three years ago, we were still in our old house. We had my extended family over for Christmas. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to make goose for everybody. Right. Yep. And they were actually kind of excited about it. I'm like, I actually shot this goose. So they're eating it. And then no sooner did I go. Oh crap! I should probably warn them that there uh, might be shot in here. Uh -huh. Then my brother-in-law goes, "Oh!" <laughs> and he pulls out a pellet, and I was like, "Yeah, be careful. They yep. might be in there still." Yep. Can I have that back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I need to reload that. that. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, and and that that's the downfall of you know anything with a shotgun pheasant, sure. but yeah, that steel shot can be it can be brutal compared to lead. I think it's, so. It's part of it. You know, I think you just have it's to not good on the dental work. No, no. not, a, not at all. No, <laughs> but, um, so l let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, looking at the season, obviously you're, we're kind of early parts of the season. Yep. Um, talked a little bit about like, you know, how you guys go about things like what's like, how, how do you determine, um, like what your capacity would be like and people make those reservations seven days a week. And then like moving forward, right? Like you're looking at, you know, seven properties now, um, you know, in order to maintain that, is there, do you guys have a formula kind of built for that, that, that will keep the quality kind of control in order to be, to be able to accomplish that? 
Yeah, I mean, the with waterfowl, it's kind of easy because you can figure out seats in a in a blind and mm -hmm. say, you know, on average, this property is going to hunt six to eight people. You know, if they fill it, and if we, and and that's an easy number to look at. Where that formula to me starts getting blurry is in like the big game stuff. Like, right. you know, we know we've all hunted pronghorn and know, you know, you spook a pronghorn, it can move a mile in about what, five seconds. Right. And Seems it's like, like yeah. you know, it's like they just went underground and they pop up a mile away and there they are. It's like, so how do you, how do you, how do you figure that number out for, to make sure that somebody's not out there? But I can't just give somebody 10,000 acres to hunt on their own. Right, right. So it's got, you know, and a lot of that comes down to the rules. Like, you know, staying on roads is a, is a big one. Like our property in Wyoming, you can drive your truck on any road you want. You want to put goose decoys out in the field, you got to have an ATV. So, you know, that mm. farmer has a specific rule that we've set in our, in our lease from him. Sure. So right now the it, the formula is not hard to figure out and as long and and knowing that there's going to be some families out there that are going to want to go and hunt on their own knowing that they may take a pit on their own mm -hmm. um last year we had like we had 13 members and six out of the 13 were a group of guys and it was like you'd see a reservation came in and it was all, all six all names were there every time Boys so, wanted to go drink some beer and shoot some birds. Yeah, I mean it, it's they they loved it and, and they just go out and hunt. Do you guys have restrictions regarding that? Like, if a bunch of boys want to go out and and drink some beers and shoot some birds, oh, is, yeah. there, is there some rules regarding that? Well, I mean, it, th during the hunt, you know, absolutely. It's it's what CPW sets out: no drugs, no alcohol, right, none right. of that in the pit. You know, obviously with the firearms, we want to be safe and in control of all of that. You know, afterwards, if they want to, you know, swing over to the local watering hole, and right, right. they've done that quite a bit. There's a there's a couple of them out there in in Weldona and Wiggins right. that they like to swing into. Nice. So, now are yeah. you when when somebody these guys right yep. put in the reservation? Do you call the landowner and be like, hey, I got six dudes coming out tomorrow, nope. or is it just assume that if somebody's on that property, they're part of your club? Yep. Or they can go over there and say, hey, who are you boys with? Yeah. And, and I talk to all my landowners up front. We have a good relationship with them. <clears throat> you know, and I say, our members are going to have two things. They're going to have a parking pass and they're going to have a membership card. And my ask of you is if you walk up to them as a landowner, you check their truck for a parking pass. Mm -hmm. If there's not something in there, you call me first. Because that's now... As a landowner, they're not responsible for trespassing on our properties. Mm -hmm. And we put that right in the leases because we don't want the landowners to have to deal with trespassing. Sure, of course. That's our job. We leased the hunting rights. We didn't lease the ground. We leased the hunting rights to the ground. Mm -hmm. So that farmer still has the right to farm and do everything they want on there. Right. And if they want to go make sure that somebody's in the club and correct, I don't have a problem with that. Right. That's that's making our our properties even better because we don't have trespassing on it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the first thing is check the truck for a parking pass, ask them for their membership card. If they don't have that, call the cops. Right. I don't care if they're a member or not. They need to have that on them. And that's their responsibility right. as a member sure. to show that, that they're, they're there legally with that landowner. Right. So, so. In, in, in saying that too, so let's say Jason says, hey, I'm gonna buy a membership um, mm -hmm. to the club. 
And, you know, he obviously gets his parking pass. He gets, you know, his membership card and yada, yada, yada. And what, how does that work for you guys in terms of him saying like, oh, hey, I'm a member here. Hey, Joel, you want to come with me out to the club? Like what, what are you guys restrictions on that aspect yep. of it, which is, you know, he's a member, but you know, he's like, I'm not going to hunt by myself every day yeah. or, and I don't want to hunt with like just random other dudes mm -hmm. that I don't know, you know, like guys, everybody that hunts kind of has that, those kind of dynamics or, right. you know, so talk a little bit about that and in, in what your policy is on, uh, you know, friends of friends type yep. thing. Absolutely. So we have five guest passes a year. Cause we assume that if somebody is going to come, you know, especially an in-state person, you know, like they want to come more than five times, maybe they ought to just be a member, right. not a guest at that. Point. Sure. Um, so we, five times you get five guests a year, no guests may come more than twice unless they're out of state. So let, let's say Jason has somebody in Seattle that, you know, is a cousin and wants to come down waterfowl hunting for a week straight. He's a member. He can, we'll let him take that guy out. I'm not going to make him get some guy from Washington. That's going to hunt five times you know, and, but we have, we had guys like that group of six, they had a couple buddies from Illinois last year. They said, can we save all of our guest passes and just hunt for like a week straight with our buddies from Illinois? I'm right. like, absolutely go for it. And right. they used every single one of their guest passes on their buddies. Right. And that's that out of state coming in. Sure. Um, they have so to like you have a drop in fee, right? No. And we've thought about that. You know, if, if we, if we didn't achieve the membership we wanted, we've thought about doing that, um, where people but like, if you exceed five guest pass, like I've used all five, but I yeah. got, you know, a buddy of mine is coming out. I want to take him out. Like, yeah. can I just give you 50 bucks for the day or and whatever? That's 75 bucks a day. Past okay. that. And that's, that's limited based on membership. Right. Like I'm going to always cater to my membership first. Sure. Sure. Like, I don't care who your buddy is coming in. If he's not one of our 25 members this year, mm -hmm. he can sit on the outside and watch you hunt because but that would be guiding. It would. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so, and that, like, we do have that opportunity. Like we had a, a fella worked for one of the oil field companies and he's like, I just take, he goes, I have guys that want to go hunting all the time. This is what we do. My company pays for the membership. After I reach my five can, I'm like, as long as they're, the property isn't being over hunted and all of our members have the opportunity to get themselves and their family members into the field, I'll, I'll take that that six one for 75 bucks a pop. Right. So, and it's still cheap compared yeah. to, yeah. you know, an access fee or a guided day. Right. You know, some of the guides are now along, along that same vein. Um, what if, you know, someone comes along and says, Hey, like, seems like you guys run a pretty good business, so on and so forth. But like, I don't really want to like cross that threshold unless I, you know, like a try before you want to get a little, little taste yep. here, you know, like, what do you guys do or do you do any, um, you know, like introductory or like a, you know, outside of it, like being a non-member who says like, could I come and hunt for a day? And, you know, I'd like to explore it. Of course, yep. you know, the try before you buy type situation. Do you guys have anything like that? The, the, the young fellow I was telling you about earlier that killed his first goose. Mm -hmm. That was one of those situations last year. His dad called me up, you know, I don't have a lot of money. I want to get my kid out hunting, thinking about joining, but I want to see what you guys have to offer. And Trust me, I did the same thing when I was joining a club. I'm like, 
I get all of this for fifteen, sixteen hundred bucks, you know, a year. Like that doesn't seem. It's like yeah, it's it's too good to be true. Yeah, you know, and it's like I have a hundred and sixty acre lake in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. I can go hunt by myself, camp on the property, and spend an entire weekend there. Right. You know, so that 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 was the situation. And I said to his dad, I said, you know, come on out. I said, come out to Julesburg. We'll go out hunting. I said, I don't want a dime from you. you you know, meet us out in the field, help us set up decoys and tell, and he loved it. Like he's, he's joining this it's year. It's a very and, personal experience. It's not a corporate type deal, yeah. right? Like you're, that's a good natured, like, Hey, if I scratch your back, you scratch my back. Yeah, kind of deal. absolutely. And, and that's, and, and that's what we'll do, you know? And again, like I want to, I want to get some youth days, days going in the club, like wasn't able to do it this year, just had a, severed a nerve when I was building pits out in Julesburg in my finger and just kind of got behind and wanted to do a veterans day this year. Wasn't able to pull that off. Still, still possible. You know, right. we might do a little, you know, informal thing, but this is the stuff that I want to do with this club, get people in enjoying the outdoors. Like we all do, like mm -hmm. I've been doing since I've been just a, a wee little boy, you know, like you did seven years ago, yeah. you know, when we slept in that frigid cold tent. <laughs> that was a Walmart special. <laughs> God, um, I remember that. That sucked. I've done but that. It's but just, Bob had to sleep in the car because he snored and you could freaking hear no, him. I remember that. Yeah. He, I, he'd left his car like idling for hours. That's right. And he's snoring and you could freaking hear him in the tent. In that's the how tent. loud he was. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. Like the great. windows. It's like like a like a subwoofer on a car that drives by <laughs> you. <laughs> that, was, that was him snoring. <laughs> Uh, there's always one. There so, is. Yeah. You know, and the one thing I want to do, you know, like everybody said, oh, waterfowl season's short. Eh, it's actually really long, you know, and yeah. that's one of the reasons we picked up the Wyoming properties. You know, that season came in October 1st this year and their duck goes till or January 24th. Mm-hmm. And then our duck goes till like January 28th or something like that this year. Yeah. I think. Isn't goose? Goose goes a lot longer than that. And then goose goes into February. Right. But here's the cool thing is then you have conservation goose. Unlimited snow geese kill. Yep. Uh, take the plugs out as many shots as you want. And it is just. Please tell just me we're going to go do that. Blaster city. Oh, yeah. It is. I've. Fun. I have killed hundreds of ducks and geese in my life. I have never killed a snow goose. Really? Yeah. Well, we're gonna make that happen this year, Joel. Yes. And I and I drive through because being from Western Nebraska, yep. I've driven through that corridor literally countless times during you know. Well, you've probably driven right by our fields. 100%. They're right off the Julesburg I exit. Guarantee. <laughs> I probably know where it is. Yeah. Might even know who owns it. Yeah. <laughs> <It's very possible. laughs> so, but yeah. no, that we went out last year, and I had never seen so many snow geese in my life. Yeah. I mean, it was sick, yeah. and they just they weren't playing in our field, and of course this the same owner. He leases to another guy in Nebraska, and we don't have that field. And there must have been 50,000 birds sitting, and we couldn't pull a bird right. into our They're field. They're like just on the other side of the road. Yeah. yeah. And I called the guy. I said, you know, the uh, the other uh, leaser, or leaser, and I said, you know, there's birds. Are, he goes, I'm not hunting. Go blow up the feed. And I was like, really? Yeah. He goes, yeah, just walk over there and blow it up. <laughs> so I walked over, and he was like 
deafening. Really? Like yeah. These geese were lifting off of the corn oh, yeah. and it was so yeah, it's like loud. a tornado. Yeah. And my dog was with me uh-huh. and I'm like, get him up blitz. Yeah. And he's like, which one? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's a, like most people know like snow geese too are just so high pitched yeah. and they just squeal. Uh-huh. And so yeah, take that time. Like you said, 50,000 and it's just, Oh, it was, I mean, and, and of course they lift up. I walk out of the field and they sit right back down. Yeah. yeah. And didn't have a Nebraska license. He's like, kill him. I don't, I don't care. We're not out there. So, you know, and that's kind of the cool part of being the owner is, you know, I get to make all these relationships and right. help out guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was two members with me and it just, it was horrible. Yeah. Like we're sitting there watching 50,000 birds <laughs> landing in the field across from us. Right. There's nothing you can do, but no. That's hunting. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's and, and waterfowl are like notorious for that, right? Like oh, I, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a blind or in a pit or whatever. And, you know, you're, you're sitting there calling and, and especially if you're, if you do a private land where you're not just like bumping them to the next guy's pit, who's uh-huh. another couple hundred yards away. It's like you get a group of eight, 10 ducks or something like that. And they light in up river or just outside of, you know, where you're at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the next thing you know, the next group comes over and they're like, Oh, let's go land over there. Yeah. And you're just hanging out going like, huh, what the hell do we do now? Yeah, like yeah. we're just watching the show yeah. over here and, yeah. uh, what, and, yeah. and you're kind of like handcuffed because you're like, do we have a play or, or, or worse yet? Like we can't even make a play. Right. You know? And there's been days I've just, I've been in there. They also know, they also have an internal clock that works really well. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like Uh-oh. remember last year we were with, uh, Cole up there by, uh, by on their place Freedom, and yeah. it was, 10, five, 10 minutes before shooting light. Yep. And they were buzzing around like gnats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my God, look at all the ducks. And then it was like 635 on the nose, ghost town. Gone. Gone. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, yeah. where'd they all go? Yep. Right. And then it was go just like, go watch that video on our YouTube page. I'm like, if it was <laughs> shooting light five minutes ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. we'd be was, limited yeah. before the sun came yeah. up. Yeah. If you, if you go and, and watch that video on our YouTube page, I filmed as we're setting up. Like I just filmed because it was, you know, the sky is starting to turn orange mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and, and it's tough with the audio, but like, I mean, it was just the whirling. Yeah. And then, and they're yep. just, just there were hundreds us. of them. And, uh, and then five minutes later, ghost town. Let's, yep. let's be clear though. We did kill, I believe 20, we did, yes. 21 ducks. We that did get day a four man like limit and we shot like fish, six geese. Fish, well, well, that's a good day. No, yeah. we shot more than that. I thought we shot like 12 or yeah, whatever it was. Second, yeah, second year it was like twenty two and there was twelve a lot of or something like that. that night. Yeah, it was <laughs> a lot now of you jerky. Need to make that double smoke sausage. Yes. Right. Yes. So, do snows cook up like that too? Actually, I think snows eat better than cans. Really? Yeah. Really? I, I I've I, always heard the opposite. Yeah, I think so, I, somebody told me they were like the rats of the sky. Uh, and I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier, Joel. They're a, slightly a smaller bird. So I feel like when you prep them, you can get some of those marinades. And, right, right. And all my birds, I, I salt brine for almost a week before okay. they ever go in the freezer. Right. And that's my grandmother's trick from like old German Just to get from, all the blood out. Yep. Bleed them. Soak it. I mean, fill it water and salt and just right. and that and just like keep the ocean. Yep. Keep changing that water throughout the week and mm-hmm. it'll eventually turn clear. And then that's when your, your breasts go in. But mm-hmm. so... Pro, cooking, pro cooking tip tips. number uh, six. Tips. <laughs> pro tip six four three nine two. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy salt brine for a week. Heavy salt brine. That's yeah. a, that's a big in the one. fridge. So Keep them in, in the fridge. All right. Well, well, where where do people? I mean, we've kind of talked about it already, but like, 
How do people find you? Do you still have memberships this year? How about that? Yeah. So oh. we are we are taking a few more. What's the what's the membership window? Is there like a it's it's, it's not January one to December thirty one, is it? We no. We normally start April April one and then go through, um, and we do that for leasing purposes because okay. all our leases get paid in like June, July, August. Um, so still have openings for this year. Uh, you can find us at whhuntclub.com. Um, where there is a website, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. It's at whhuntclub.com on Instagram and Western Heritage Hunt Club on Facebook. Um, can I throw my phone number out? Do there? it if you yeah, want. If you yeah. Yeah. So it's your fine. phone number. Yeah, it's it's out, it's out there. On just the for now, just right? know that yeah. your car's extended warranty is about to expire. <laughs> it's going to expire. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, my three hundred fifty thousand mile truck. I'll That's take okay. any warranty on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can reach me at 720-556-5721. Um, shoot, shoot me a text. Give me a call there. Um, yeah, we'll, put, we'll put all the information in the show notes 100%, uh, yeah. so that you guys can get it. And then yep. uh, we'll post some stuff online. And then uh, hopefully we can get out there with you after you're done uh, shooting elk. Yeah. yeah and, I got uh, one more big hunt this weekend and then a deer hunt next week for third season. And, and then it's waterfowl. It's waterfowl. All right. So, Love it. Well, we'll get out there, shoot some videos so we can put on our YouTube page. That'd Love be it. great. And uh, go check out some of these awesome properties you got. Sounds great. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on and sharing all your stuff. And yeah. thanks for being you, dude. I freaking love you. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> it so has been. But I'm, glad, awesome. I'm glad that we can reconnect in this world. So uh, we probably should have ref prefaced this early on. Chris used to train me when I played baseball. Chris was actually my trainer. Um, and that's yep. kind of how we started. Chris played football at St. Francis, right? In yep. Pennsylvania. Yeah, in Pennsylvania. And, uh, and I needed a place to train. And so that's eventually how I got into this. And then eventually, I don't know how you convinced me to go hunting, but well, we were fishing. A yeah, times. we did go fishing a lot. And and, that was the natural and, evolution for me. And then was, I think I was like, you know, the next steps. Yeah, coming, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's then just I had to go buy a rifle and I had to buy gear <laughs> yeah. and that started the downward spiral. Yeah. And then he made me buy a bow and then made me buy more gear. See? And here we are sitting there talking about waterfowl and elk and deer and all yeah, kinds of stuff. Now we have like a hundred decoys. Yeah. Oh, shed. Only shed 100? Is... <laughs> That's all. You don't even yeah. So uh, again, thank you very much for everything. Yep. Uh, and again, it's uh, whhuntclub.com. Uh, uh, check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and, uh, and join. They still yeah. got memberships. So, Absolutely. Uh, thanks yeah. again for being here. Appreciate thanks, you guys. I appreciate yeah. it.